Hey there, this is Katie Tute. Welcome to Choosing Courage, where we get curious about what it takes to live with guts and heart. Before we get going, I want to give a sincere thank you for listening and for your support during these early days of my podcast. I am profoundly grateful, and I'm so excited for us to explore these ideas of courage and for you to come along with me on the journey. Now, let's get to it. Today, I want to talk about this concept I came up with during a recent session with my coach. I was telling her about how I was going to be shameless in promoting this podcast. Speaking of shameless promotion, if you haven't already, subscribe now. So anyways, I was telling her about my plan to be shameless, which, to be totally honest, is a struggle for me because it brings up all kinds of shame triggers like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and some bad experiences from my past. My coach asked me, What's possible when you're shameless? I thought about it and said, everything. An image popped into my head of the opposite of shameless. I call this the box of shame. The box of shame surrounds you, traps you in, and blocks out all the light. It's suffocating inside the box of shame. But if you can break down the walls, everything is possible. The box of shame is a construct of cultural messages, self-limiting beliefs, defining experiences, false narratives, the list goes on. And on the front of the box is a sticker that says, unworthy, not enough. Carl Jung calls shame a soul-eating emotion. The box of shame will swallow you whole. Now, I'm not a religious person, but I worship at the house of Dr. Brene Brown, researcher, author, and leading voice in shame and vulnerability. She describes shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. To put it into my own words, shame is that something you have done or has been done to you defines your worthiness. Shame impacts your sense of self-esteem, fulfillment, and willingness to love and be loved. It is the painful feeling that something about you is fundamentally wrong. Now, this isn't about guilt or feeling bad about your actions. As Brown says, shame is, I am bad. Guilt is, I did something bad. Guilt is a negative feeling about an action you've done. Shame is a negative feeling about who you are. Going back to my previous episode, Guts and Heart, guilt is about the doing, the action. Shame is about the being, your existence. Shame can come in so many different ways. It can be that humiliating moment when you're 13 and you're giving a presentation in front of the whole class. And it isn't until you get back to your seat that you ask your friend, hey, how do you think it went? And they say, oh, it was it was good. But your underwear was sticking out the whole time. Yeah, that really happened. 
and I can still feel the embarrassment and shame when I tell this story. Shame can also be chronic and have soul-crushing consequences, like being a gay teen raised in a homophobic family and having to listen to them spew bigoted remarks and beliefs. Shame is also born from destructive messages from our culture, experiences, and traumas, cultural or religious ideals that define the quote-unquote right way to think or behave, your gender identity, or whom you're allowed to love. Traumatic events cause shame. The sexual assault victim who was told that she was asking for it because of what she was wearing or how much she had to drink. There are also subtle and sometimes not subtle messages that come from when you were a kid. Like when you were a boy, if you were told, real men don't cry, then it makes sense that you would feel shame if you cry as an adult. And if you grow up in a house where you're constantly criticized and never told that you're perfect just the way you are, then it's understandable that as an adult, you're going to feel shame of inadequacy and unworthiness of love and belonging. If you were called names, David is a loser, Jesse is a slut, the list goes on and on. Anytime you're triggered by one of these destructive messages, the walls of the box start to close in tighter. Here's another personal shame memory around body image. My junior year of college, I transferred to an art school in San Francisco. I was so proud and excited to move to this cool city and follow my dreams. I was feeling all grown up and sophisticated, ready to recreate myself. At the start of the year, I flew down from Seattle and met this guy at the airport who was also a new student at the school. We hit it off, and I was super grateful to have made a friend so quickly. Side note, it was a double bonus because he was kind of cute. I was feeling pretty cool, but that didn't last very long. On the way to campus, he was on the phone with his mom, who had also been at the airport. At a certain point, he laughed and looked at me. When he hung up, I asked him, what was so funny? He said, uh, you don't want to know. And I said, no, tell me, what was so funny? He reluctantly said, I, uh, I told my mom that I met someone from my school at the airport. She remembered you and was like, oh, was it the cute one in the taxi line? Or the frumpy chubby girl you were talking to at baggage claim? In case you're wondering, we met at baggage claim. I don't know who was a bigger jerk, him or his mom, but either way, it was a really asshole comment. He and I didn't stay friends for very long, but that moment was a serious shame trigger that had a ripple effect of body image issues that lasted way beyond first semester. It took a long time to not think of myself as the frumpy chubby girl. 15 years later, and it's still a trigger. Messages of shame can come from anywhere and anyone. Shame makes you feel small, inferior, unlovable. The box of shame is a mindset trap that restricts you from believing in your value. Like a plant that can't thrive in a dark room, your ability to thrive is limited to the constraints of the box. So what does it take to get out of the box? You must build self-awareness and what Brown calls shame resilience. In her words, Shame resilience is that ability to recognize shame when we experience it, 
and move through it in a constructive way that allows us to maintain our authenticity and grow from our experiences. Shame must be acknowledged and understood before it can be overcome. You can't get out of a box that you don't know you're in. Recognize it and ask yourself questions about where it came from and why it triggered you. What are your personal vulnerabilities that led to shame? What are the external factors like cultural norms, your upbringing, or traumas? For me, the comment from the asshole in college triggered years of self-esteem issues from going through puberty earlier than a lot of other girls and the body changes that come with that. And I don't need to go into the destructive cultural messages around a woman's body image. All you need to do is look at the cover of a magazine, take a scroll through Instagram, and even just do one quick glance at a Kardashian, and there is plenty of evidence. In building my shame resilience, having a cognitive awareness around this experience and what triggered it is the first step to moving through it. The next step, and this can be the uncomfortable one, you have to let someone look inside the box. This is vulnerability. The only way out of the box of shame is to let someone in. This takes courage. It can be incredibly uncomfortable to be vulnerable like this. When we hear that we have to choose to be vulnerable, it's like, okay, yeah, sign me up. In our culture, we have negative connotations around the word vulnerable. Do a quick Google search and you'll see results like, outdoor pets are vulnerable to attack from coyotes. Her immune disorder made her vulnerable to infections. A poor password can make your account vulnerable to hackers. If these are the examples of vulnerability that we've come to learn, who the hell would want to choose to be vulnerable? I'm going to tell you. Someone who knows vulnerability isn't all about exposure to a threat, but that it's also the opening to connection and belonging. In our culture, we often assume vulnerability to be a weakness, but really, it is the most courageous thing you can do. The box of shame is a secret space. Letting someone in takes immense courage because you are emotionally exposed. And the longer you've been inside the box, the more challenging it is to pry open the lid. But here's the thing. There isn't enough room in the box for two people. If you let someone in, if you're vulnerable with them and they respond to you with empathy, you can bust out of that box. Find someone you trust, a close friend or family member, a coach or a therapist. If you let them in, you are no longer alone. Having the courage to be vulnerable is the path to connection and belonging. So why do I keep going back to connection? Why is it that important? When it comes down to it, we are social creatures and are hardwired for connection. Connection is the result of feeling seen, heard, and valued. And I want to note here that this isn't being valued for your productivity or valued as a trophy, but to be valued for who you are. And for that to be possible, you have to show up as your full authentic self 
warts and all. If vulnerability is the door to breaking out of the box, how do you open the door? It takes immense courage. Reaching for the handle on that door can stir up heavy emotions and fear. But here's the thing. Our emotions and our fears are always going to be there. We can't wave a magic wand, cast a spell, and they're gone forever. We have to create self-awareness of them if we want to take away their power. Give them names and greet them, and then tell them to go F off. But don't avoid or bury them because they're just going to show up stronger and more damaging. The key is to keep showing up. Have the courage to show up with consistency. You can do it at your own pace, but keep it up. The more practice you have at it, the stronger you will be. It's like how to build a muscle. You start with lighter weights and repetition, and then increase the difficulty as you grow. You have it in you to do this. Once you build up these courage muscles, you can bust out of the box of shame and into a world of connection, belonging, and value. You are worth it. Life is too precious to be stuck in a dark box. To take it back to this idea of shamelessness and my shameless promotion, which, speaking of, click that little button and subscribe now. But really, let's go back to this idea of shamelessness. What I realized is that the shame that kept me hidden in the box was feelings of perfectionism, inadequacies, and comparisons to others. Questions like, am I really qualified for this? Does anyone actually give a damn what I have to say? But then in talking with my coach, opening the lid of the box and connecting with her, I came to the conclusion that if I believed these messages of shame, I would never be able to achieve my vision. My success, my impact would be limited. If I was going to make this happen, I had to be shameless and I had to keep at it. Those pesky shame triggers always find a way to haunt you, but you've got to keep showing up, standing up and build your shame resilience. Because when you open the lid, bust out of the box, everything is possible. Thanks for listening. If you want to dive deeper into this topic, come to my website and read the show notes. I also have a selection of my favorite shame resilience exercises. You can find them on my website, imchoosingcourage.com. I want to leave you with one more thought to chew on. In your life, what is the number one thing that would dramatically create an impact if you were to be shameless about it? If you were to get out of the box, what will happen if you do? And what will happen if you don't? And don't forget my act of shamelessness. Subscribe, rank, review, and tell all your friends. This is Katie Tute, and I'm Choosing Courage. <laughs>